No. Uh, Trevor. Oh, no, hold on. I did hear a funny joke earlier today, and it requires doing an accent that I'm not uh, very good at. I, I don't, so this will be either good or bad. Either way, I think it'll be good. Going. Are you going to get the podcast canceled? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is, uh, so, um, did you guys know this? This is a fun fact about Australians. Australians actually discovered Norway. Okay. Have you ever, yeah. have you ever heard about this? No, I've not. They landed and they went, oh, Norway. <laughs> Trevor. Come on, Norway. man. I didn't want to have okay, that's pretty good. episode, but. <laughs> there's a, uh, there's this, there was this TikTok of like this song and it was called or nor. And it's just a, somebody saying a bunch of words in a, in an Australian accent that ends with that sound. Um, the only one I can think of is Jor for Joe Biden, but I can't remember the rest. <laughs> Beautiful. I don't stop. I always gore. That's another one. Um, yeah. Anyway. Hey guys. Yeah. Hello. Hey. Thanks for the What's joke. Trevor. That was pretty nice. You're welcome. Pretty nice with it. What's uh, uh what's going on? What's what's new? What's bacon? That, what's shaking? Bacon? I'm just we're just sitting down to record episode 114 of Off the Crossbar Rails Salt Lake Podcast. You're absolutely right. And a little peek behind the curtain here is that from my view, Trevor and Matt are side by side on my screen, and their microphone stands are like intersecting almost perfectly. And it looks like oh, they're cool. part of some conjoined. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right, Trevor, I need you to give me a high five here. Trevor, your hands are oh. so small compared to Matt. That was good. Crazy. It's the um, camera. The camera does funny things to my hands. <laughs> I did. It wasn't a personal attack. It was just an observation. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I promise it's not that way in real life. Yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, yeah, it's another episode. It's been so long since we recorded. We've had... Yeah, haven't seen you guys since last year. There's another little uh, yeah. joke, uh-huh. little topical joke for everyone. Good one, good yeah. one. Um, that's we've cool. had two major holidays. We've mm. had a couple major, a couple big boys. Oh, sorry, several major holidays. Couple. Yeah. You, you meant two, uh, two that white that Christian I celebrate, holidays. and I'm sure there are other late December holidays that I don't usually celebrate that also happened. You guys. You ever like look up the history of Kwanzaa? Mm-hmm. It's pretty weird. Actually, no. Okay. I know that it exists and I know that I like should know more about it, but I genuinely don't know anything about Kwanzaa. It's not a traditional African holiday as uh, they would like for you to believe, <laughs> but it is. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I'm not. You... Well, okay. Anyway, I've got some <laughs> questions around. Like, Maybe it can be an off pod conversation. It it's was just created it's by activist. I'm going to get this wrong. Maulana Karenga. Yeah, in like the is that in like the 60s or 70s? Kwanzaa was first celebrated in 1966. Yeah, uh, it's based on African harvest festival traditions from various parts of West and Southeast Africa. So mm-hmm. it's like not it, but it's like celebrating just, it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about Kwanzaa more when I was like in like elementary school i guess if people like kwanzaa kind of fell off like i don't i don't know if people actually are like into kwanzaa i don't know it's like a pretty recent holiday you know to make yeah. like a i don't know it's interesting anyway i've been yeah i, I wonder if there's just a, a utah effect there there's i mean it's very white but like even online like online culture doesn't talk about 
Kwanzaa. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Or even like in the mainstream like uh like media culture, like TV movies, you know? Like do you ever hear about Kwanzaa in TV or movies? Yeah, I mean no Kwanzaa Hallmark movies. That's what I'm saying. Another I was, like overrepresented I was say, like white <laughs> thing. Yeah. I did the see only, that they made like a uh, Hanukkah Hallmark movie, so uh, I I do think this line under adherence on Wikipedia is probably a, a good explanation. Maybe oh, well, yeah, what does it say? Uh, the popularity of celebration of Kwanzaa has declined with the waning of the popularity of the Black Separatist movement. Oh, Kwanzaa okay. observation <laughs> has declined in both community and commercial contexts. Okay, so I'm not I'm not crazy. No, certainly not. Okay, cool. Anyway, so there's that. We did, yeah, you're right. Hanukkah happened too, Trevor. Nice. Um, I don't know. There's probably some other holidays. When When is Orthodox Christmas? They have like their own thing, right? Oh That's gosh, in just a few know. days. It's in, yeah, it's in January. Is it, is oh, it? is that the, okay, so world events. Um, Russia announced a ceasefire for the 6th and 7th. Oh, yeah. So for the people is- to attend church for christmas and that confused me so is that what we're talking about yes yeah, that is it okay uh, the reason why i was thinking about that also is because uh there was some the denver nuggets played someone it may have been on christmas it i actually now i'm thinking about it and uh after the game uh they were interviewing Jokic because he's just like a freak of nature and incredibly good at basketball and, and the reporter told him merry christmas merry christmas and he said oh it's not my christmas <laughs> <laughs> and then like walked away uh, and somebody was like oh yeah it's because he's he's orthodox uh so it's in like a few weeks so did you know there's a serbian orthodox church in salt lake i did actually know this um because i grew up uh that there was someone i knew that went to that oh cool or like they had family or they they i can't remember what the deal was i gotta i gotta go into the dark recesses of my brain to figure out what that was yeah so but they anyway. have some beautiful uh, icon paintings there, it looks mm-hmm. like, which is fun. Yeah, I looked it up somewhat recently. It's, it looks pretty cool. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I've had some big old holidays. Do you guys, uh, we, could, we could do like a big old catch up here yeah, for social hour. But yeah. uh, Trevor, how were your, uh, your holidays? Holidays were, um, I'm going to say mixed, but that doesn't mean like bad. I just didn't get to do everything I want to do for christmas my christmas is usually i feel like i've explained this before but with charlie we have pretty much split uh christmas and christmas eve um my parents got sick of like trying to organize christmas eve with all of their kids i've got seven brothers and sisters and half of them are married and some of them don't live in the state and some of them moved around a lot so my parents got sick of trying to coordinate all that and we're just like we're just going to do christmas on christmas eve for anybody that's not living in the house and people that are living in the house, they still do like the Christmas morning stuff, but everybody that's traveling in can just do Christmas Eve. And then they go do Christmas day with like in-laws and stuff like that. Mm. So Charlie's with me on Christmas Eve. So we go do all of my family stuff Christmas Eve and hang out and do all that. And then I give Charlie over to uh, their mom to do their Christmas day stuff. Um, that they always do, which means I don't, do anything on christmas morning all, all my christmas like <laughs> gift openings and it's everything is like it's done so christmas morning is usually just uh for the last several years it's been um i just make myself like a good french toast or waffle or 
pancake kind of bacon nice. and eggs, hash browns, just like a big, nice breakfast. Um, I usually wake up late, make a big breakfast, and then I usually just like drink all day. Uh, the last <laughs> several years I've done, I'll buy a bottle of Prosecco. It's like the only time I drink Prosecco is on Christmas. Sure. Um, and just like have mimosas and then just like watch Christmas movies. Like that's it. So I usually watch like Home Alone and like Christmas mm-hmm. Story and just a bunch of the standards. Um, but this year I didn't plan ahead properly. So I wasn't able to buy any of the good stuff. Mm. So we just watched Christmas movies. Did you just mostly sober? Beer? Yeah, I actually, uh, we did work for Red Rock um, like three days before. Mm, nice. Got Got a little bit of a hookup then. Yeah, so I got a couple of beers from them, um, and that was pretty much what I drank, but it it wasn't enough to, like, do all-day stuff, so I just had my day, watched a couple movies, took a nap, then ate a pretty good dinner, and then just drank them with dinner and kind of polished them off later that evening. And that was my Christmas. It was fun. It wasn't the same Christmas that I always have, but it was still good. I still had a lot of of fun. Uh, Visited with family Christmas Eve was a lot of fun. Uh, My brother was the only one that was not there in person um he lives down in arizona and they usually only come up like every other year give or take this was another year then yeah so nice um but that was christmas new year's eve was a lot more fun do we want to just cover christmas and then let's cover it all just get no just give us your whole update since we've seen you last so christmas eve um my buddies um guys that i used to work with um wanted to do something for new year's eve i don't you i'm not usually a new year's eve guy like sure i get it and i'll be around for it but i don't usually do anything special for it um one of my buddy's families goes out to wendover every year and this year he decided to invite all of us so we all went out to wendover we got a hotel um and we're just planning on just getting dinner uh gambling hanging out Staying out late and then just maybe doing a little bit more gambling in the morning, depending on how everybody felt. Sure. Grab a good breakfast and then go yeah. home. Pretty standard stuff. I ended up um, kind of getting separated. I told everybody, like, I'm going to go play poker. If you want to come play, come join me. And I was the only one that ended up playing poker. There were two of them. Two of the guys were like, I want to learn and I want to play in a casino. I've never done it. And I was like, perfect. This is the night. I'll show you how. It's very easy. And they didn't. Um, they didn't take you up. No, they didn't. Um, they ended up wow. playing blackjack and slots, and which blackjack's fun. I don't understand why anybody plays slots, but that's. I mean, that's there's a whole like, psychological condition there to bright lights. Not, maybe. not condition, but yeah, yeah. I, it's just I understand that some people can have fun doing that. I don't. I've done it before. It's just boring and it's not exciting. So, uh, did you? You got you got separated, but did you come out ahead? I came out ahead. There was five of us. I came out ahead and one of my buddies came out a little bit ahead. Um, and then the rest of them lost money, but that like they were playing slots for like six hours. Like what do you expect? You're going to lose money. Um, but anyway, the story is that, um, they were playing blackjack or craps or roulette or cruising around there. And they went to a different casino because in Wendover, there's only one poker room. It's in the pepper mill. Oh, and really? they were all mostly, yeah, they were mostly stationed at Montego Bay, okay, which is not far. But um, they came back to the Pepper Mill that night at like 11, 10, something like that, and told me that they were going to come up like after the 
ball drop whole New Year's Eve thing and just didn't. And then they didn't respond to any text messages or anything. So I just assumed that they went to bed and I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to keep playing poker because I'm doing well and I'm having a good time. So right. I ended up playing poker um, until about 6 a.m. Oh, my. <laughs> Are you which serious? is, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a great idea, but like it worked out. It was just like there was cool people that were playing. There was a guy that um, was sitting next to me. We were having a great time just chatting and, and playing together. Um, and then I was planning on they have a shuttle that goes back and forth between like the three or four major hotels and casinos just yeah. on the main street there. Sure. And I was planning on just taking the shuttle back. And I thought naively that it was just like a 24 hour shuttle that just at night, it would just go like once an hour. Maybe it wasn't as constant as it is during the day. Um, but I found out at 4am that that's the last shuttle. They announced like the last shuttle of the night is going at 4am. And so I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I'll just grab it when it starts up again. I'm sure it'll start up again at like seven or eight or nine in the morning. And so at six, I went up to the guy and said, so how late or when does the shuttle start again? And he's like, oh, it doesn't start till noon. <laughs> so <laughs> at that point, I was like, all right, forget it. There's no way like I'm I hit like a wall at like two. And then at six, I started hitting another wall. And I was like, I'm, there's no way I'm going to make it through this one. Let's just go to bed. And so I started walking down the street to the hotel that they were staying at. It was like sure. a 10 minute walk. Not that big a deal. It's a little cold, but whatever. And then as soon as I got to the door at like 6.30, they called me and were like, hey, where are you? You're not in the hotel room. We're all getting ready to go eat breakfast. <laughs> at 6.30 <laughs> on New Year's Day? Yeah. Like, who's oh, up at that did, hour? Did they go to sleep at like 11 or like what? I guess. Yeah, I guess they like <clears throat> ball dropped and then they just like went to bed. And it was like four guys in one hotel room. So they just like. I don't know. Somebody woke up at like six and then woke the rest of them up and they just so did you get couldn't or didn't want to get back to sleep. Well, they ended up, um, it became a debate about whether they just want a coffee or to like go get breakfast and go home, like get coffee and then go back to gamble or just get breakfast and go home. Sure, yeah. Cause like I said, the original plan was to go home at like noon. Yeah. Um, but a couple of the guys that lost money, fair enough. Weren't really in the mood to go gamble anymore yeah and just wanted to get home and they ended up winning the argument so we went to a little cafe out there grabbed some breakfast and then drove home through the beginning of that three-day storm that oh yeah i thought it was supposed to be like just the backside of wasatch is where it got snow oh no and like maybe salt lake would get like a little bit of snow but it was dicey like it was snowing there was so much snow quite a bit and the i-80 from wendover to salt lake like wasn't plowed Hardly awesome. at all. Um, so it took it you a little while. It took us a little while. We were only going like 30 or 40 miles an hour, like the whole way. Um, there's a couple cars went off the road. Um, yep. There's one car that I guess they were being so stupid. So we were going faster than them. So we just passed them as you do. And they, I guess, got upset that we were passing them. So they tried to accelerate and yeah. in accelerating, they nice. like lost control. And just as we passed them is when they, they veered to the right first and then we got past them and then they veered across the left and like almost clipped our back, um, the back of our vehicle. It's like, um, didn't thankfully. And then they just like regained control and got back in their lane and just kept doing what they were doing. But don't be dummies driving in the snow, please guys. You for got real. it. Just for you. 
just for me. Nice, Please man. don't do that. Did you watch anything um, yeah. good over the break? Watch did I what? Your, did you watch anything good? You? Uh, oh my god! I swear I did. I promise I did. Oh, we watched. Uh, did I tell you that we watched Avatar? Did that already come up? Oh, we should. We Last can time? have a little. Let's have a brief Avatar discussion at the uh, at the end of at the end of this. Our updates. Yeah. Okay. We for the company Christmas party, we went and watched Avatar in a movie theater. Which, by the way, dumb idea for a Christmas party, for like a company gather everybody together and be like hey we're all a big family now don't talk to anybody because we're gonna watch a movie yeah that really is silly scenario i mean you could just talk in the movie theater if it's with your company <laughs> that is like, true hey jim did you get my email that sort of thing <laughs> yeah, G- yeah jim is in james cameron and he did huh? get my email he took all of my suggestions <laughs> between avatar one and put him into avatar two. Oh, I'd love to see it huh um, so we watched Avatar 2, and I know I watched a couple movies and stuff, like on Netflix and th- nothing like really special. I did start getting into a new, an old, but or a new version of an old YouTube rabbit hole that I went down a while ago, um, but I found a new YouTube guy that does way more of the same thing. It's Shipwrecks. I got oh, really into yes. Shipwrecks a while I ago. I love a Shipwreck video. And um, Big in boats, boat videos of any kind. Good stuff. Yeah. Boat videos are good, but for some reason, like shipwreck videos, like really do it, especially when it's like presented in like podcast form, but with like animations and stuff. What kind of shipwreck are you talking about? You're talking like a big shipwreck? Are you talking like speaking of, I mean, speaking of Avatar 2, we know James Cameron, old Jimmy loves a shipwreck. We saw a lot of that in Avatar 2. <laughs> we did. Saw a couple of them. Uh, the one I just watched was uh, uh, the seawall disaster, seawall disaster um, okay. ferry, the one that capsized in Korea. Yeah, in 2014. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Huge mess, and it was like an hour and a half thing because there was just so much that like went into the, the initial capsizing, and then like the government reaction to it, like eventually, mm-hmm. kind of directly yeah. but indirectly, led to like corruption charges against the president and an impeachment trial, yes, and like yes, yes. all kinds of stuff. So like big stuff like that, like big newsworthy things. But there's also um. They do like historical ones that you probably haven't really heard of. Uh, one I listened to yesterday was the Honda Point disaster, which is um, just after World War II or just before World War II, 30s to 50s, somewhere in there. The U.S. built a whole bunch of new uh, destroyers and they were supposed to be like the fastest ships that they had built. And they were doing a test drive of them up and down the California coast. Ooh. Yeah, and Santa Barbara. Okay, it was in 1923. Is that what it was? Okay. They So they were doing a test drive down there, and they just didn't navigate properly at all and thought that they were outside of, or they were, yeah, I think they were going to go outside the Santa Barbara Islands, San Miguel Islands specifically, but they were like way off course and actually ran aground at Honda Point. Yeah. And it like destroyed like seven of the eight boats in the fleet and they were all like brand spanking new. And like there was something like videos of the F 18s like can't fly in rain or whatever. <laughs> You're just yeah. like, oh. nice. Um, but yeah, so it tells the story of that and then like the aftermath for the because there was like one guy that took the fall for the whole thing. Not took the fall, like he admitted it was completely his fault because he broke a bunch of rules just trying to like show off the new boats um and just wasn't navigating properly at all but anyway yeah so it covers like all kinds of stuff military um during wartime not during wartime passenger boats fishing boats 
all kinds of stuff. And I love the it. Guy that I'm watching now goes very deep into like all the reports and gives like explanations of like, um, like the oh, what's it called? Like the stability charts for boats, which I didn't know was a thing, but apparently it's like very serious. Like talking about ballast and how you've got to take on a certain amount of ballast depending on your cargo, and like you got to move the ballast around based on <laughs> yeah. which way the shift the ship mm. is listing. Loving oh, the yeah. detail, and Trevor. It's so he, good. It's so good. It's very very cool stuff, and I'm I really really love it. And I anytime just we found a Trevor new channel to give that a longer has, social hour update, we should just ask him what, <laughs> what the latest uh, ship material oh, yeah. he's been watching or okay. reading or viewing i love yeah, that let's idea. Go. trevor you didn't give us enough it's time for you to talk about some ships <laughs> that's good man i uh i watched something about a uh my brother randomly gets into like little things like this it wasn't necessarily a shipwreck it was well a, a single man shipwreck this guy was he built a sailboat to sail from i think it was the uk to somewhere in the uh, caribbean and um eventually his ship got destroyed in a storm and he lived on a life raft a little lifeboat for 75 days and ended up uh getting to his uh his destination and the the documentary had like recreation scenes but it was also interviewing the guy that was that survived and he wrote a book about it called I think, drift that's i don't know anyway sounds um, like maybe fascinating he stuff ridden on the lifeboat the whole time I, I, he was he ended up only 60 miles from his original destination so like he i don't know that's mission really success good. if you ask me yeah, but yeah he's Spearfished in order to survive. Um, barely had enough water, really. Um, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Anyway, Ooh. Matt, what about you? What do you have a good holiday? Have a good, uh, yeah. good break from work? Yeah, it was good. Um, I actually watched a ton of movies, not a ton, yeah, several. Um, so I'm just going to take these in order. Okay. Uh, so, uh, and I'll add context around them. How's that? Please. Uh, so sure. went down to Arizona, hung out with Jenny's family, uh, watched the movie Spirited with Will Ferrell and uh, Ryan Reynolds. I have not seen this. It was fun. It was you no, know no. one of those uh, a Christmas Carol sort of spinoff type things. Oh, it's new ish. Yeah. Oh, it is new. Okay, uh, and then then everyone discovered that I'd never watched Elf. Oh, uh, so we oh, next, okay. we watched Elf. Okay. What'd you uh, think? I mean, I, I had a good time. Yeah, it's, but, I don't yeah, know. it's about right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then we saw Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Okay. How was but, that? Uh, it was fine. I don't <laughs> okay. know. Uh, it gets really, it gets way better uh, in the second half of this. That's the first half. Second half of movie update. Apparently, if I mentioned I haven't seen something that, you know, Jimmy's stepdad to, loves... Yeah. Then it just happens to play on the TV. That's weird. Uh, so we ended up watching Top Gun Maverick. Oh, okay. nice. Which was, I thought, pretty good. It's uh, a great movie. I still, like, really had no idea what was going on. Yeah. In, like, a on a high level, like, I just wanted more geopolitical conflict. They purposely. Yeah. They're <laughs> like, so hilariously vague about, so about that vague. stuff. It's so funny. Like. Well, and, like, whatever it is, it's an act of war if they're not already at war. Oh, totally. I and don't it's know. like, oh, of course. But it was the same thing with the first movie, though. Like, oh. they, uh, the enemy was entirely unnamed. And it's, that's, that's so why we, and we love it. If we ever want, yeah. this isn't a movie about, it's about hot boys flying planes, playing sports in the water, yeah. in the beach. Hot boys who don't age. 
hot boys who do not it tom cruise looks great in this movie yeah he I looks so say. good yeah i heard his face looked puffy at an event at some point in the last five years i don't remember which event or i don't buy it also it jennifer Connolly. wow yeah wow so great time uh watched glass onion uh okay, which i, I thought was pretty good okay, okay. that's the one that i said i watched a movie that's the one. Oh, oh yeah. okay Trevor, you what did you think? something before me. Nice. I adored it. Ooh, like okay. it just has it's it hit on a lot of my favorite like mystery whodunit like yeah tropes and having Benoit Blanc, he's incredible. I love that character just like as it exists. But mm-hmm. no, I I really liked it. It was a good one. All right, uh, nice. I gotta check it out still. So that was all in Arizona. Uh, did an escape room. Always enjoy a good escape room. Uh, and eventually came home. And uh, today, this morning, not this morning, this afternoon, I while doing some work, I watched Uncut Gems, which Great. I know we've talked about probably in the early days of this podcast, actually. I can't. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I would imagine we did. I know it I'm came sure, up because I'm sure I brought it up when I watched it because I know yeah, Kyle watched it a lot earlier than me. I saw yeah. it the first possible day I could have seen that movie. And I, yeah. I bet we talked about it. I guarantee it. Nice. I love. Uh, and that movie. was uh, the most intense thing I've watched <laughs> in a <laughs> long, it maybe ever. I don't know. It's so like, pretty tense, I, right? Yeah. I still feel that like, oh, yeah. Like it's heavy feeling after feeling. watching that movie yeah, yeah and sure. i loved it for that yeah uh the the cinematography i thought was great like it i mean they shot it on film right i i yeah i believe so i mean it, it looks, looks like it's shot on film and yeah, it's it, really it, pretty it uses film grain in a way that i think benefits it i don't know it was just really good yeah so that's kind of my nice. my update uh, i also joined be real so i can <laughs> be a real person now a real boy as it were cool what is be real it's a social media app i used it for like two days like in the summer and i was like i can't do this um nice that's cool that's a good that's a good update uh i'm trying to think of all i mean we can talk about it after this but i wanted to catch up on like the how the world cup ended uh because i know we talked about the for art with argentina specifically trevor Uh, yeah i put i put your friend in the dock um yeah so i had an extremely chill uh christmas it was like just hanging out with like the family just incredibly relaxing my sister and her husband were uh out of the country and so it was just very low-key no um just straight up just hanging out relaxing and watching movies and sports whatever it was great um we watched christmas vacation which is just like the only Christmas movie that I truly like love and I will always rewatch. I think it's just the best. And, um, and then my, uh, I, I posted this, um, when it happened, but my, my other podcast, the movie podcast, cinema soulmates. Yeah. Um, made up of my friend Connor and our friend Graciela. We, uh, she was in town for Sundance cause she works or her family lives here. She lives in LA. Her family lives here and then she works at Sundance and so she's in town for a couple months and or about a month and a half, I guess. And we all went and saw everything everywhere all at once because they did a they put it they put it back in theaters briefly. So it was at the Broadway 
went and saw that again. Just wow, what a great movie! Every every time, I, that was the third time I've seen it in theaters, and um, I just love that movie so much. It makes me feel anti cynical, which is just it's it's like earnest and sweet, and I and I love it. Uh, and then that I think the next day I watched After Sun, which was crushing and made me really sad, but it was very very good. Um, and then I've seen Avatar twice, the new one, and I watched uh, Andrew Callahan of Channel Five and All Gas No Breaks' uh, documentary "This Place Rules" on HBO. Oh, and it's uh, I opened a tab for that. Recommend it? Yeah, it's really. I, it, it's yeah. like it's not going to tell you anything. Like you're not going to learn anything really. That's it's just fine. a really nice. Uh, not it's a really chaotic depiction of the l- events that led up to essentially the inauguration of Joe Biden. <laughs> Uh, for like all of the stuff before that. And I mean, Andrew Callahan does awesome work. I've always loved his, his stuff. So, um, yeah. So, uh, oh, and also I've gotten really into playing DMZ on call on call of duty. Um, it's like Warzone, but I think it's more fun than Warzone. I won't go into, I'll spare you guys the details, but it's, uh, it's very fun. Very, very much love playing DMZ with, with my friends. Um, so Avatar, I saw it in 2D first, and then I saw it in 3D IMAX the second, or I saw it in 2D Dolby Atmos the first time. Second time saw it in 3D uh, XD, which is like Cinemark's IMAX or whatever. It essentially just plays yeah. IMAX format. Um, I have not seen a 3D movie since I think the first Avatar, and I don't like 3D generally. I used to have a friend in college, a roommate in college, who had a 3D TV, which was so funny. And I think we've had this conversation with him. We have. I love it. It was one of the Pirates of the Caribbeans, and he would always watch it. And I was like, turn it off. I hate this movie. I hate Uh, the 3D. This isn't, it looks terrible on a TV. And they don't make those TVs anymore for good reason. But hopefully, Steve is rocking that 3D TV somewhere out there. (laughs) Don't know. God bless him. Um, So I uh, saw 3D, XD, or whatever. And I actually really enjoyed it. And I liked it better in 3D than I did in 2D, which was fascinating. And I think it just looked better in 3D. Like you could tell, I think there were some things in the 2D version where I was like, okay, it kind of looks like maybe a little fuzzy because it was supposed to be 3D. Um, and then when I saw in 3D, I was like, okay, everything looks like pretty amazing. It's not like, it. It's like it's it, it appears to be like a technical achievement. I, it's not like my preferred way of watching a movie. Like I'm not trying to watch everything in 3D, but I was just like, wow, this is this is impressive. It was an experience, and the movie was really loud, and my seat was shaking. It was a whole it was a whole thing. That sounds great, um, Trevor. What did you think about Avatar? And Matt, I'm assuming you haven't seen it yet. Have not. I, well, I did not like the first Avatar. Um, Why? Did you it's not just, like how it showed the U.S. doing 9-11 to someone, <laughs> to another country? No. I didn't like how, tell. like, the, the word my dad used was preachy. And I don't really like that word, but it was it, it, it was that, the first one. It was just very in your face about the message and, like, you couldn't well, possibly miss. The, just, like, environmentalism and, like, don't destroy people's land and like that whole thing you know sure or the first one there's no real concept of people's land like it's the mother's land sure i appreciate the message that's fine that's fine (laughs) i appreciate the message i didn't whatever didn't like the movie it was also just way too long just 
The first yeah. one I really genuinely, I don't mind long movies. I don't have any problem with it. But the first sure. one, it really felt like the, the, from about halfway through the movie to about the last 30 minutes, like that whole section could have just like been cut out. Like we didn't so learn anything about like this one though. It was much better. Um, really? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think it was like a great movie by any means, but okay. it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. It's um, like, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I, I mentioned this on my letterbox, but it's like, it seems silly to kind of like quibble with the writing. Cause it's like, it's not, you know, this is a, it's like a visual thing more than mm-hmm. almost anything else. But, yeah. You know, I thought it's, the, it's a ride. The, the visuals of it were really good. Obviously that seems like the whole point. Um, the story was a little bit simple again, but again, I don't think the story was like the point. Um, I liked that it was a little bit more not kid friendly. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Like it they was like a single F word, I think in this one, I think they might do that. Yeah. And there was, there was a lot more like actual action fighting scenes and like actual, like, real death of like people that like sure not to spoil anything but like people die and like there's actual like emotional moments and it's not just like oh yeah we killed the bad guys like okay you know what i mean that's kind of what it was in the first one and this one it was like a little bit more real and just like better fighting and better action just generally james cameron loves technology he loves equipment he loves making the stuff with tech and equipment and he loves depicting tech and equipment in like the the his obsession with different kinds of like mechs is really funny there's like yeah there's like 10 different types of mechs in the in in this movie where it's like one's like a crab and it can like do crab like things and others are like here's a question yeah do we think that maybe he just got really into gundam over the last decade i honestly i think think that's what it is that is a possibility he's also already made the next one is hoping yeah. hoping to make I think two more after that, but anyway, I think they the should whole... just keep giving him billions of dollars to do whatever because uh, <laughs> it's clearly working. Like it's just it topped or it passed Top Gun Maverick, uh, which was like the highest grossing movie of all time. So yeah. now I think this is this is it. So the whole um, like procedures that they had to go through to like yeah. harvest the I'm I'm going to say whales. I know they're not whales, but. I forget the name of them, but like that they had to go through to like kill and harvest the whale. I was like, mm-hmm. that's too much work, guys. This is too much. Like not for millions of dollars, too many dollars. mechs. They it's legitimately mechs. use like a boat and then another boat and then three different kinds of mechs and like four different types of specialized guns. That's right. That's right. And Jared, then they just takes. Yeah, I, was, I was just like, guys, this is this is a whale. You can just like they harpooned <laughs> these things in the 1800s. Like. It's not Trevor. You can do it anyway. <laughs> no, I'm, so, I'm being mean, but that's anyway. It's a good movie. Since, I, I liked it. I would. Pr- I might watch it again. Yeah. Whereas with the first one, I will not watch it again. Okay, that's good to know. Put it that way. All right. Okay. Side, so side note since here, we, sorry, sorry. Um. So it looks like so I don't know if James Cameron ever got into Gundam, but he apparently got really into this manga and adapted it. Uh, Alita Battle Angel. Oh, did James Cameron make that? Yeah, that's uh, really. It was funny. directed by Robert Rodriguez. So yeah, anyway, okay. that, that actually does make sense. Yeah, he loves a battle angel. Um, okay, so since we we can talk soccer real quick, and I want to talk. Uh, <laughs> I've like, had. Really I've loved. Like, what? You say, Sorry, wait. No, I'm making a joke. Oh, you're fine. Sorry. 
Okay, so since we talked last, the World Cup happened and it finished. And it was great. And I loved it. I can't remember which round. Did we? I think we probably recorded right after USA versus Netherlands. I can't remember how soon after. It was either just before or just after. I think it was it was it was after because I remember talking about um wait wow actually I don't remember now whatever I'm gonna look it up and correlate my mouse is gone uh Uh yeah anyway so World Cup happens uh we end up getting what has amounted to be I mean some of like the best games of all time but then the final game which is France and Argentina I think is a lot of people argue is like with the best World Cup game of all time um trevor congrats to your argent argent argentine argentinian friend shout out to them on, on behalf of Iman, thank you you're welcome and uh okay like that that game ruled that was like that was one of the best things i've ever seen in my entire life i'm not gonna lie yes. and i at some point i don't know i i didn't know i, I didn't go into this tournament like wanting I wasn't like, oh, man, I really want Messi to win. But once it got like we were getting that close, that was like, yeah. And did you guys see Salt Bay on the field? <laughs> did you guys see the Salt Bay controversy? <laughs> yeah. I saw the controversy. I didn't see him on the field. Like, It's because he was on the field with the, like grabbing the World Cup and like grabbing Messi. And mm-hmm. no Deloy Hansoning it. No one was happy about that. So shout out to Salt Bay for uh, looking like an idiot. <laughs> Loved that um, and making Messi mad. And then the scenes in Buenos Aires were just insane. I thought that was just, I was thinking about the scenes there and uh, it looked claustrophobic to me. There was just so many people. And also like logistically, it seems crazy. Like where are people like, are there, you know, people going to the, people able to find like a restroom, (laughs) like food and what? Anyway, logistically that seemed crazy, but uh, incredibly stoked on that messy win because it made the Cristiano Ronaldo fans really mad. And the Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> versus Messi fans online is just like one of the weirder little like subculture beefs that exists. And yeah, it's awful. I didn't have a side. Well, I've always had a side and it's not Cristiano Ronaldo. But now I just was like, yes, anything to make those freaks mad. Um, so, yeah. And now Cristiano Ronaldo is playing in uh, Saudi Arabia. And Messi's back at PSG, where and all is right with the world. How'd you guys feel about the end of the World Cup? Did you guys like it? Did you have fun? Yeah, it was great. I also just absolutely adored it. It was so good. I've rewatched. Uh, I went through, went to great lengths in order to get uh, the a version of that game that I could rewatch that had Peter Drury as the as the commentator. Because oh. I don't know if you guys have like. Peter Drury is is having a moment on TikTok right now. People on TikTok are obsessed with Peter Drury commentary. Like all games, it kind of like it started with some of his older clips going a bit viral, which I think his Peter Drury's self-described favorite moment that he's ever called. And one of the best ones ever is um, South Africa's goal in the opening game of the South Africa World Cup, where um, what's his name? Shabalala or whatever I think that's his name he scores yeah. of just an absolute banger like, is it against Mexico was that was that against Mexico I can't remember anyway remember. yeah but I, I remember and, the goal I know I know the goal on the call you're talking about yeah it Peter Dury's commentary is, is phenomenal so he was having a moment starting with that one uh and then 
people were posting like compilations of his commentary about Messi. And this was kind of the fulfillment of, of it because people leading up to this game, people have been posting the commentary of him at the last World Cup, you know, where he, he has the toward the end of the game. He has a free kick from outside the box and Peter, Peter Drury's setting up like he's saying all these incredibly dramatic, like, beautiful things. And Messi kicks the ball, ball over the goal and like the game ends and like they lose. Um, <laughs> so there's like been that commentary and then people have compiled that with like his commentary in this game. And it was just he was in peak form, of course. He's yeah. he's amazing. And so I found the full game. I used a VPN in order to like down. First access TSN's YouTube channel, uh, which is really weird that like there's TV rights are so confusing. The fact that like TSN's uh, YouTube channel has like geofenced content on the channel. So like I can only see some of it anyway. Yeah. Um, So I was watching. I have like I downloaded a full version of like the extended highlights of that game with Peter Drury. And I've watched Mm -hmm. it a few times. It's very, very, very good. Um, Just amazing stuff. Um. That was amazing. And then uh, uh, Pele died. We should probably mention. Oh, yeah. Um, made it through that World Cup. But like during the World Cup, he was taken off of like they called it like critical life care or something or life. Mm-hmm. Care, I don't know. Hospice, um, I think basically. he had cancer or something. Um, but and he, had, he was in his late 80s, if I remember correctly. Um, 82. Yeah. And so shout out to shout out to Pele. I've been watching a bunch of stuff about Pele and reading a lot about him. Also, shout out to him congratulating Tim Weah on scoring that goal. That's a, honestly a really cool thing that Pele congratulated uh, Tim Weah. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to talk about the World Cup is that I've been, I think all of us have been uh, kind of intently following the uh, Reynas versus the Burhalters. <laughs> and I, I can't remember how much we mentioned on the last pod, but we did talk a little bit about the Geo stuff, right? Because uh, we talked about... Mm-hmm. Um, about some of the stuff that we knew at that, at that time. But I just want to give a quick overview of what's taking place because I think it's so insane and I love it. And it's awful and funny and also really not funny, but it's just, it's, it's crazy. really funny. But some of it, it's, some of it's just really, it's really good. Okay. There's so, so much of it, the parts of it are like the greatest thing in the world. Other parts of it are the worst thing in the world. Like yeah. So, here's here's the timeline based on my understanding okay it is before it's important to know that Gio Reyna did not play the vast majority of World Cup qualifying he is a perennially injured young man who gets injured quite a bit and he has been taken out of games early multiple times for the United States and has rarely been fully healthy through qualifying uh the men's national team determined that their best starting lineup and I think I would agree with is does not include Gio, Gio Reyna because you cannot depend on him to be 100% healthy. Gio Reyna was not going to put anyone out of the midfield. He wasn't going to he wasn't going to beat out Tyler Adams, West McKinney, Eunice Musa. He wasn't going to play beat one of those three for that those spots. Christian Pulisic and Tim Weah were both in relatively good form. And then we have a number nine who could just be any name and we weren't going to play Gio there anyway until we ended up doing that. But whatever. <laughs> so before all of that being like we kind of we had our preferred 11 can't count on we, we we haven't been able to establish a preferred 11 with geo because he's been hurt and so greg tells him we don't know too much beyond this but he said he told geo that he would have a limited role in the world cup 
essentially saying that he was going to be playing less than he he wanted to. And this isn't the necessarily the order of how we found things out because we didn't know this at this point. But this is what we know later, what happened before the World Cup. Okay, so then knowing like Gio gets told this, throws a temper tantrum and wasn't practicing well, didn't wasn't putting in effort and essentially got completely benched for the Wales game, which is the first game. Everyone's like, where was Gio? He didn't get subbed in. Why did Jordan Morris get subbed in, in into this game? Greg Berhalter, from my understanding, appears to have kind of tried to cover for Gio by saying he was injured or he wasn't fully healthy. That is that kind of how you guys read that? I think that's what we mentioned is that like yeah. Greg was saying yeah. he wasn't fully healthy. And that could either mean that he really wasn't fully healthy or he was kind of giving him an out because the real reason was that he was being a huge baby about being told he he had a limited role. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, you know, this, this continues. We don't see him very much in the second game versus England. And then in the, in the third game versus Iran, uh, after that game, after the United States successfully go through this game, the men's national team, Twitter account posts a video of the players celebrating and freaking out or whatever in the hotel coming back. Christian Pulisic had gotten to back to the hotel early. He scored the game winning goal, uh, and injured himself in the process. And then was fine back at the hotel and he was cheering and everyone is just so stoked. The only person in that room that is not happy or did not look happy at all or care to be there, it seemed, was Gio Reyna, who, again, is 20 years old. He's wearing headphones, pushes through everyone, looks completely bummed to be there. Bad sign. That's a sign of a player with like a really bad attitude. I'm just like, if you can't even be if you can't be outside yourself at all in that moment, like, come on. okay, yeah. Okay, so then that happens, and then eventually, uh, you know, we play the Netherlands. Geo plays half that game. Uh, he plays the second half. Whatever. World Cup ends. Okay, then at this point, uh, Greg Berhalter goes to this really weird conference where it was explicitly supposed to be off the record. Somebody got some sort of misconstrued. Mis- con- they they got something misconstrued and. This guy publishes comments that 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 Greg Berhalter makes at this conference where he is giving a little anecdote about leadership, which, you know, it's it's like a leadership conference and he's like a speaker at it. Right. Yeah. And he should have probably picked a different anecdote, whatever. But he picks the Gio Reyna one where he tells this. He tells the story about how they had a player with an attitude problem. And through the story, he basically illustrates that through like teamwork, leadership or whatever. From players on the team, they got Geo straightened out emotionally and mentally, and they didn't have any problems moving forward. It was kind of a positive story for Geo, I'd say. Uh, it was kind of really just demonstrating that like the team came together to like deal with an issue, and then like it was fine. Yeah, it's a great uh, inspirational moment. It was if it's very less recent. Great, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pick a pick a different one because this was obviously a very hot one. So this set kind of like a this leaks this leaks on like a Sunday night or something like that. Or a Sunday afternoon. The next day, the Athletic was already planning on posting an article that they had been working on that basically documented a lot of the issues that Gio was having leading up to the World Cup, specifically him not trying in practice. People being aware of the situation, being like, "You cannot play this. Like this, this is like completely unacceptable. Like he's throwing a complete tantrum over being told that he's going to have a limited role and he's not fighting to prove that maybe he shouldn't." But anyway. They bumped the article up 
And then this becomes like a, a big old thing that night. And this was what was uh, affectionately known as GeoGate. Okay, so that kind of blew up for that whole week. We haven't really heard much about it since. It was just a big old thing. There were all these other weird peripheral things going on. Um, weird Twitter spaces, uh, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff. But it doesn't really, it it doesn't need to happen. Um, guess, we don't need to talk about it. Sidebar: All of the weird, like crazy Twitter stuff has happened since we recorded last. Uh, about about this? Do you know no, just, about Elon? Elon taking over Twitter. And oh yeah, Twitter. Twitter blue yeah, being we, a we thing and then not talk, being a we thing. We haven't talked about got... Elon Musk. That's true. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll, add, we'll add it to the doc. It's we, important yeah, we that we cover that. that okay, I so can't then believe how fast everything's happening. It's it's, true. it's going very quickly. Okay, so then things blow up again, and the reason they blow up again, which we didn't know, you know, was completely related to the situation, but kind of out of nowhere, a couple of days ago, Greg Berhalter and from like a new Twitter account puts out a statement from him and his wife, Rosalind Berhalter. And he goes on to say that there have been people that have been threatening to expose something from their past, uh, essentially being like, I'm going to U.S. soccer to threaten to reveal this information that ostensibly would get him fired. So he goes, he takes, he takes, uh, they, I guess, because this was a joint statement, they, they tell the story about how when they were 18, this is 31 years ago. There was an incident that happened when they were both really drunk outside of a bar. They got in an argument and Greg kicked her in the leg. And at the time, it was obviously and rightfully a big thing. They both talked to their families about it and their friends about it. So everyone knew about it then. Greg sought counseling. Seven months later, they got back together. They got married. They've been married ever since. They have four kids together and they both talk about how they've moved past it. They learned from it, et cetera. I think it's important that we take them together at their word on that because that, that plays into another part here in a sec. Um, but they, they make this statement and we're like, okay. And then soon after, U.S. soccer makes a statement saying that they're investigating, investigating this. And they are also investigating uh, – mistreatment or misconduct i can't remember what the exact word was towards other people in the u.s soccer federation uh by people outside of the the soccer federation and at this moment we all jokingly were like oh it's claudia reyna and like that's exactly what's going on here like geo wouldn't, wouldn't it be funny if geo threw such a fit yes that claudio threw a fit wouldn't that yes. be funny guys and it's Okay, so then that night, Heath Pierce tweets, it's all going to blow up tomorrow. And it did. So we got we got an ESP, we got an ESPN report and we got an athletic article about how the people who were threatening to expose this information and evident eventually evidently did were Claudio Reyna and his wife, Daniela. Is that her name? Danielle. Danielle. Okay. So it was Danielle. They're from Jersey, so I put it uh, at the end of it because they're probably like Italian or something. Okay, so they, uh, um, Ms. Reyna, Gio's mom, called Ernie Stewart, who is the president of U.S. Soccer, and who is one of her dear friends. She says, which illustrates another problem with this whole freaking federation is that like everyone here has known each other, played with each other, grew up together. 
etc. Like for example, Claudio Reyna, U.S. soccer legend, Gio Reyna's dad, current uh, former sporting director of uh, NYCFC, current sporting director of Austin FC, um, who also traded or was involved with trading away Greg Berhalter's son to Vancouver, which is kind of funny, but um, he. Uh, like uh, he and Greg Berhalter grew up together. They played high school soccer together. They were the best man at each other's wedding, I believe. Um, Claudio definitely was at Greg's wedding, and their families have been like family ever since. And uh, they, the Reynas, threatened to bring up to expose Greg for this trauma that his wife experienced in order to. Uh, get him fired uh geo's mom put out a statement saying that that wasn't her intent uh which i I don't know what else she she essentially was like i was so mad about how my son was being treated online that i brought and like how we know we forgave greg for this thing he did when he was 18 why can't we forgive my son when he's like you know 20 for being a baby at the world cup and uh yeah so and in part of her statement she also while saying that this isn't, I didn't mean for this to get out. I didn't mean for any of this to happen. She says that the abuse that took place was worse than described in the statement by Greg and Rosalind, which is an insane thing to say, which is so insane. She's like, I'm not, I don't want this to be a thing, but like it was worse than what, what they said. That is so messy. <laughs> that is yes. such a messy yeah. thing to do. That's it's the only word. That's the word that keeps coming to my mind to describe like everything that Danielle has done. And I feel kind of bad saying it, but like, it's all messy. Yeah. Like this is what messy people do is just like, like she also, and I don't remember exactly how she worded it, but she said something in her statement. Um, Oh, she was talking about how she was roommates with Rosalind at the time. And so when Rosalind was going through this whole thing, she was there for Rosalind. Yeah. And she was like saying that, she had to go through this as well as Rosalind's friend, which like positioned her kind of in the place of like the victim as well, which is yeah, really it's very strange, weird and messy and like not. So anyway, Danielle, 30 years and, ago, this all yeah, happened. Danielle and Claudio both put out separate statements talking about this. Claudio, you know, it's, it's pretty clear that Claudio and Danielle were very upset at during Qatar. They were there obviously, Um, they, the problem with them all having relationships with like, like Claudio and Danielle talking to the president of the, of the soccer federation about their son, not getting enough playing time is it's in it. That's like, that's just so insane. And it's also well within Greg Berhalter's right as the manager of this team to choose who he wants to play. Like that's like, he didn't do anything wrong and he can talk. He not saying he should, or it's a good idea or it's a good look. But he can say whatever he wants to whomever he wants about what took place in the locker room or whatever. And like, you know, the the troubles that they had. I wouldn't have done it myself, but it's like these are coaching decisions. And he's talking about being a coach. And Danielle brings up his wife's domestic violence trauma from 30 years ago to try to get her own husband like fired for not playing her son is so insane it's so insane i cannot get over it it's so crazy it's it's yeah, just I, mind-blowing do you think that's the um, end of the wrinkles 
I mean, I don't even well, know. Okay, so how does it end then? If this is the end, it's the end of a of a storied friendship, that's for sure. But like, I mean, Greg still wants to be the coach. I, I'm more. I'm not. I'm not super again. I'm not. I think the best argument for getting rid of, rid of Greg Berhalter, quite honestly, at this point, isn't necessarily team performance. It's literally this stuff. Like bring in somebody that's not from this like sphere of people who it's so incestuous. Like you shouldn't you're <laughs> it's we're talking about like friendships that go back as long as this in like over 30 years. And like this shouldn't be a thing. And if you have somebody from the outside coaching this team, like it it's gonna be less of a thing. But like you can't have I like I don't know. I I I don't like- I don't like Ernie Stewart, really. I, I just like this whole thing is so messy, but it's been it's been made possible because of how incestuous U.S. soccer has been for a really long time. So, yeah, like if if Tata Martino's our coach, none of this is happening at all. Like it's not even getting close because he's not in the circle. But Greg Berhalter throughout his whole tenure has had this kind of like cloud over him as like maybe a nepotism hire almost definitely a nepotism hire because his brother was the president or something. Chief commercial officer. Chief commercial officer who ostensibly doesn't have anything to do with hiring the head coach, but like the connection's there. So it's kind of a cloud. And then he's dealing with his friend's son. Like, yeah, just the whole thing feels really, really problematic. Incestuous is a good word. Um, But yeah, if we just had like, I'm just going to use some names that aren't really realistic, but like Louis Van Hall, Tata Martino, sure. Jose Peckerman, yeah. like none of that stuff is even a thing. Claudio just gets butthurt about it to his friends and they all agree. And they, they're like, yeah, man, it's a bummer what that guy did to your son. But like and the entitlement too is so crazy because like, yeah. you know, that you see where like Gio, his attitude issues. I mean, I think he deserves some, you know, he deserves a lot of forgiveness and grace for being 20 years old and having an attitude problem. Like it's fine. Yeah. yeah that uh, but his, you know, 50, whatever year old parents, uh, less of that. And, um, you know, exactly what you're saying. Like this, this stuff is made possible by these relationships being so storied and long or whatever. Like it, the entitlement that Claudio has to basically just be like, I can call up the Federation to get my son more playing time. And if, if he doesn't, then like, I am going to we're like, we're going to expose something from Greg's past. <laughs> like, it's just one of the craziest things I have ever seen in soccer. So um, it's definitely also like, it should be pointed out that this whole like ordeal plays itself out so much. And so often like, in youth sports in America, like oh, the, it's this just is a, what it this feels is a like. American soccer parents, and, like, and not even like American is, soccer, like youth sports, baseball, sorry, American football, sports like sports parents. This is yeah. like a huge issue. I mean, you'll you'll talk to so many like really talented kids. That, like I, I knew so many really talented athletes that I went to high school with. Who I was like, it's crazy that these kids aren't playing like teen, like playing high school sports. And I later learned that like they had like a falling out with like a, an assistant coach or like a coach and like they, their, their families don't like each other. Or they grew up in the same like ward and like their parents don't get along or whatever. And so they just like can't play like it's, it, yeah. you're exactly right. It's every sport. And I don't know if it's, it feels very American, but like, 
I think it's just such a it's such a cliche. This is taking the sport American sports parent to a level that I've never like. It's just unbelievable. Like that's so wild to at this level to be doing that. It's so crazy. Yeah. But, but yeah, okay. it, it's it's just a mess. This whole it's thing. Awesome. It's very funny, very cool, but also like I like I feel so. I mean, dude, for how, Rosalind like, Burhalter to be put in that position, like basically being like, oh, my essentially sister <laughs> is using something that happened to me against my family right now is just. That's just nuts. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel I, really bad for Rosalind and Gio in this situation because Gio's just like a twenty-year-old kid being a twenty-year-old kid. Yeah, I can't really get. I, I mean, whatever. I can't really get mad at him for being pouty about it. And yeah, Rosalind, yeah, I mean, that's did a hard situation. Man. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah, like wild. So wild. Anyway, anyway so that's where disaster. That's what the latest is. Uh, Greg was on another like leadership conference today with like harvard something and he harvard business review yeah he was asked about it and he said it made him like sad which yeah it's a that's it's a bummer i i don't know i it'll be interesting to see what they do with the hire um oh i did want a little fun fact so uh in the uh the men's national team has their january camp this month um and they put an assistant uh they put they put anthony hudson in charge of the January camp. He he's uh he's been a um an assistant for the the men's national team. You you might remember him as a he used to he was the coach of New Zealand's national team back in like 2014. Um but he was also briefly the coach of the Colorado Rapids for 2 years in 2017. He's he's just he, one of the most he sucks. failing up guys. Yes, dude. <laughs> like he went from yeah, he was he was coaching Bahrain's national team, and he was at US, uh, New Zealand U23s, and then New Zealand, then Colorado Rapids, US U20s, US as an assistant. Um, and now he's also, the US this is, Wikipedia says he's currently January the acting camp. head coach of the men's national team. I don't think that's true. Uh, I mean, he's leading the January camp, but he's not the acting head coach of the national team. But one of what I wanted to point out is that he started his managerial career in 2008 with the Real Maryland Monarchs, which is an old team that existed um, that initially played in the uh, PDL and um, no longer is a team as of 2012, but the Real Maryland Monarchs. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. People like to talk about how Real Salt Lake has one of the worst names in, you know, U.S. soccer, but that was way worse. Yeah, are we are so we too. denying that Real Salt Lake is one of the worst names in soccer? Are we just name. pointing RSL out that there are some no, that are worse? I'm saying some are worse. Okay, all right. Yeah, like St. Louis City SC. Oh, that's bad. Which anyway. is ours? That's that should be ours. SLC SC. I'm sure <sighs> we've had this conversation. We have, but like, I truly think it's one of the dumbest. Na- Real Salt Lake is a dumb name, but like, yeah, I'm over it. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's been there for like 20 anyway. years, guys. Anthony Hudson, if he ends up as the national team coach, we riot, but he's not going to. Yeah. He better. I um, mean, I don't think he will, but he he won't be. There's I mean, no well, here's the thing. Like we're just talking about something that's like the epitome of like American sports parents. The other uh, one of the other epitomes of like American sports is coaches falling up. That's true. Or failing up and like he's the most failing up guy that's I can think of. Recently? They can hire Pablo Mascarini next. 
Yeah. Could, please, could they? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is a stupid conversation, but like, genuinely, that could be a lot of fun. That would be really funny. I don't know. He about might fun. actually be better at know. that. I don't know. So I'm saying, like, he might be better as a he national team be guy than a club that. guy. Yeah, because you don't. I got to deal. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's he's an ideas guy, and they could. They, he's a vibes guy, and he's ideas guy, and they need a lot of help in that department, I guess. Anyway, a lot so, of good record really, of short term success. So yeah, that's true. Let's been really it. enjoying uh, this saga. It's been again, it's awful and really funny and terrible. But I just. I don't know. Real football nation stuff. Yeah, but anyway, we should talk about RSL and I, sh- we should mention real quick. It was yeah. confirmed. It's a, it's been confirmed by Tom Bogert. So can it's we, uh, crew as crew can be. Yeah. Sorry. Can so, I interrupt for just a second? Yes. There's gotta be one more thing that we have to mention. Sure. With regards to the world cup. And this is really important to me. Um, just got to mention that. Um, I don't think we did talk about grant wall passing. Oh, you're right. Um, that had not happened yet. Yeah. That hadn't happened by the time we last recorded. Um Grant Wall's last last game was that was that Argentina Netherlands game. Was that correct? Yeah. That was a game that he passed he away. At, and yeah. anyway, I'm sure we we've been over it and it's kind of I don't want to say the moments passed, but it's still he was an important guy to me. Uh he meant a lot to me. Um Anyway, we just got to mention that, how sad that is. I mean, it's the biggest loss in U.S. soccer. Yeah. Reporting. Um, well, just I mean, just like the American soccer scenes like, in general. In general. Yeah. He, yeah. he was incredible. Um, and yeah, he's he's going to be missed for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's insane. And like the way that all we don't need to rehash how that all like came out. But yeah, just really, really sad. Awful mm-hmm. for his wife and family. Um, just like what an incredible reporter, writer, podcaster, just person. Very, very good. Um, obviously, like one of the most talented like yeah. journalists in American history. But he uh I like people were posting some of the stuff that he had done over the years, and I forgot that he like I it's something that I'm probably I read at the time. I used to be like a huge I was obsessed with LeBron James when I was a kid. And like I had all of like the slam magazine covers that he was on he went and then he was famously dubbed the chosen one essentially by Grant Wall in that cover. I mean, people called him yeah. that as being like, you know, the next Michael Jordan or whatever. But like that cover that Grant Wall, that cover story that Grant Wall wrote, um, like officially kind of like called him that just very. Yeah. And then, I mean, with the Reina's another like connection there, um, Grant Cutlet. The Reynas had a son that died from did, did he have brain cancer? I can't remember. Uh, they had a son that died, and Grant did a really, really good story with them and about them at that yeah, time. Yeah, it was brain cancer. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, really, really sad stuff. Uh, I mean, selfishly, I'll just miss Planet Football. I thought it was a great podcast, but yeah, yeah. there was a lot of stories that came out um, about how much he did to like reach out and like help people that were just starting or didn't really know, but just wanted to be part of soccer, writing, reporting, talking, whatever about soccer in America. And he did, there's a lot of stories that came out about how helpful he was. And, um, a lot of people who work in and around the industry these days, how he reached out to them very early on and gave them a leg up and gave them help. And yes, um, 
like I mean, my friend, our, our friend of the pod, Mark Yeslevsky, uh, yes, yeah. one in particular. Yeah, he he did that to me. Kind of. Um, I don't want to really tell the whole story, but it's, it's, it's a fun a great story. Story, honestly, it's a fun story. But he came out. Um, he was in Salt Lake for. It's a qualifier. Was right? it? Was it the qualifier? Yeah, uh, he, Honduras, twenty twelve, twenty. Wasn't oh, Honduras? Josie Alvarez was the winner. Yeah. Anyway, he came out to Salt Lake, and and before that, we got into a little spat on um, Twitter about something stupid. I'm sure. Um, but just like as a way of an apology, he invited me out. We had some drinks. We talked and um, gave me some advice, and just had a good conversation, and, and apologized for being a jerk on Twitter, which <laughs> he's been. He was known to do. I was a jerk on Twitter a lot too, and I apologized to him. But Tw- he Twitter was very different back then too. It was. Oh, it was. It was a lot of fun. Um, but anyway, yeah, we had a lot of a good conversation then. We had several good conversations afterwards. Um, that It was about that time um, he got Mario Balotelli on the cover of Sports Illustrated. That's right. He was telling me about that and how happy he was for that um, at the time. And then a few years later, he got Luis Suarez to do a feature for Sports Illustrated as well. Um, he reached out to me about that. We had a good conversation about that. Yeah. Anyway. He was he was a great guy. He did a lot of a lot of good work that I don't think I think now a lot of people recognize, but I, before I don't think anybody or a lot of people recognized how much work he did. Yeah, to build up what is soccer in America in yeah. general, and so yeah, I mean, yeah. I I remember those. I I think it's worth mentioning those Twitter fights um, because I yeah. I was looking at one from later in 2013 that was in june that the qualifier took place so i'm sure it was before that uh yeah. of 2013 and i was i was looking through one uh and there were some rivalries between uh established soccer writers and sb nation in like 2011 to 2013 for reasons that i don't remember uh and you know i sent a couple tweets uh and he responded and then it spiraled in my mentions. And uh, it was, I remember it being amusing at the time, uh, but then I looked back and he'd responded to the thread like three days later, basically saying like, Hey, that was unprofessional of me, me being Grant Wall, uh, not him accusing anyone else about uh, reflecting on his own actions there. I'm like, that's, that's, if, I mean, it's a really rare person who can do that. Uh, certainly I am not, that is not something I'm good at. Yeah. Uh, and it was a good example to me, like, like, you know, it's, it's okay to, to reflect on, on, uh, how you behave online and, you know, change after that. And, you know, that tensions flared a lot in us soccer, Twitter in the early 2010s. Um, but you know, it was, it was, a you know, a good moment came out of that which like who would have thought right yeah different kind of person yeah anyway he's a great guy um and he's gonna be missed makes me really sad yeah yeah um let's see i i was starting to mention uh there's something we were going to mention before we started recording it was mainly rumors they have really picked up in traction for the last yeah. like few hours should we just and jump Tom, right into yeah let's news get, and let's rumors that one up no, let's go. I, I have um, yeah 
Yeah. So Real Salt Lake, this is from Tom Bogert, source. Real Salt Lake are finalizing a potential club record signing of Colombian winger Andres Gomez from Millonarios. Is, is that how you say it? I don't know. Colombian club. Millonarios, yeah. Uh, yeah. Deal would it, be. Sorry. I was going to say, it looks like this uh, originally came out from an ESPN journalist in Colombia. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, deal would be around uh, $4 million. Gomez, 20, already has 13 goals, six assists in about 4,000 minutes. Uh, with the first team, he would hit RSL's cap as a U-22 initiative signing, which is huge for us. Yeah, um, that's basically good. like a free-ish. I'm not free, but uh, a less cap-impacting non, DP. Yeah, non-DP DP. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, that's a good signing. He's a, he's a winger. Based on what yeah. I've seen in the transfer market, he's a right winger. I think that's um, right. I watched a bunch of highlights, at at least 10 minutes of highlights with yeah. only one of which had techno music. So it was a real struggle for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's um, difficult. And I posted both of those in Slack. I don't know if you watched, if I either of you watch watched both of them. Uh, the I first tried to one, watch the techno one and made it about one minute in before I was done. Yeah. Sorry. First, the techno one, uh, I mean, the first 45 seconds were not actually any soccer. Very oh. distressing. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Like just just put it at the start, do title overlays. They didn't do that. Anyway, once I got into the soccer, it was I don't know, it was a, a video that was a year old and his good play has come in the last year. Uh so what I saw from it you know, the lot I guess two years ago to a year ago was just kind of a fast winger yeah. uh who had a tremendously bad touch. Yeah. At at key moments just ball running away from him. And then I found the other highlight video, which was uh, more recent. Very, you know, I don't remember exactly when it was posted, but it had, I think, all six of those goals. Or it was 13 goals. But, 13 goals, uh, six assists. I think it was seven goals he had this year. Um, in, or in 2022, at least. Yeah, not this year yeah. anymore. I mean, Much better highlights. Yeah, what I hope this means is uh, fewer Justin Miram minutes. Um, yeah. Because I think that was something not that I don't have anything against Justin Miram. He was just playing a ton of minutes last year and it really took a toll at the end of the season. Um, and yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's funny because we just basically just always sign wingers, it seems like. Um, yeah. I think that's true. But also, I, you know, I'd rather have, I'd like to, I like the idea of having him and Saverino on opposite wings. And I think Saverino sure. is, is perfectly capable of playing either side. So. Yeah. Um, and I like Saverino on the left. Uh, so conceptually like at least. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He cuts if in he with that. a stronger right foot. And uh, I think he's dangerous at the top of the box there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is a, this, is, this would be, I guess this is, I mean, people have been begging for rumors or whatever. This is about as close as we can get to, saying like the deal is done was Tom Bogert saying so over the line although we did get uh you know that report from about what's his face uh Cuellar but it's fine uh yeah so this is this is good oh, hold on and so, oh, I don't know what Cuellar is up to. we got to get some photos and video of Cuellar going up going up against uh Ronaldo though that'll be fun um could be fun. yeah oh, so this, he might this, be signing it in uh, international he's got in Italy in no, Brazil? in Brazil. Oh. In Italy, it's international. Now it's the time to strike. Whatever. In Brazil, it's 
international. Sure, uh, I will, I'll believe you. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this anyway. is good. This is a good signing. Uh, more of this, please. I think uh, love the age. Um, that under twenty two initiative. That's great to take you. This is like the perfect player to um, make use of that spot with. I still think we desperately need a striker. Um, but yeah, this is good. So. Shouts it's a out. good age. It's good. I don't know if it's a good price. Like I have no idea how talented the guy is. That's but a lot it's of money, good to see. Whatever. It's good to see that it's a lot of money. In yeah. that it represents that the club is willing to spend money. How often they do that is yet to be seen, but it's nice that they're spending <laughs> money. That's what we've been asking for ever since the new owners was a willingness to open the, the pocketbook, and it looks like they did. So that's good. Uh, uh, I just it's also a photo in Slack that describes how Where? i feel about that and i want you to okay. see it it's that is a very tan interior of that whatever car he's in everything it's just oh it's just like a yeah okay what is it? that's got to be a logo on the headrest is that my guess is that's that lamborghini suv that's what they all mm. no that's oh wait you're right is that a porsche logo Maybe it's a custom Real Salt Lake logo, and he's coming oh, here. Could be sending sending signals. What is? It's like a little too pixelated. I can't tell. Yeah, I yeah. can't tell either. Mm, it, I, it's either a Lamborghini badge or a Porsche badge. I can't, can't tell. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. Nice. The so good signing. Deal is uh, rumored to be for four guaranteed years and two option years. Which, if I understand, Matt's going to correct me on this, but if I understand the U twenty two initiative properly, that means that the whole length of that deal is covered under that U22. So his salary cap is going to be limited to the max U22 salary cap hit for six years. Uh, is that right? I believe so. That puts him under our umbrella until he's 26. Uh, Unfortunately, there's not, uh, not Not any detail on what the U22 initiative actually is, which, (laughs) yeah, I seems I can't I awesome. I just can't with MLS. Like they'll post articles how the U22 initiative is already transforming MLS rosters. And they'll link to MLS's new U22 initiative. Uh and it's it doesn't all really it says is like they're exactly. eligible when they sign their first MLS contract. Oh, and how it works. MLS clubs can now sign up to 3 players under the age of 22. The lucrative contracts and at a reduced budget charge, but nobody's oh, no, they're not <laughs> giving us like real information on this. I'm looking to see if there's more though. I uh, thought somebody put an article in the Athletic like four months ago, three months probably. recently, a, like breaking it down and what it, excuse me, what it is and what it means. But my understanding is that, that means he is a U22 player as long for the length of the whole deal, which I think is why that deal is a six year deal because that's an insane deal in MLS. Most deals are like three to four years tops, but this is four plus two, which is it's a lot. Yeah. So I'm looking to see what the budget charge is. Um, so if they're 20 and younger, it's 150,000, 21 to 25, 200,000, uh, so he'd have a, a very reduced impact, but so I does don't it scale with his age or is that the age? Well, I guess it's gotta be, it, if it's 21 to 25, he can't exactly. sign a deal at that age. Okay. Um, so it does scale with his age, but that means either way, if we've got him until he's 26 and then they don't indicate he's a good player, that's great. 
Okay, so they they do have like actual rules around this, but they get really convoluted. Um, so if you have a vacant, so the number of U twenty two initiative slots you have is based on whether you have a third designated player or not. What? So um, you can, oh my gosh. Okay, so if the third designated player is a young designated, this is ridiculous. This is I I this feels like a way too complicated board game. Uh, If the third designated player is a young designated player, the club will have all three U22 initiative slots. If the third designated player is age 24 or older, yet is at or below maximum targeted allocation money amount, 1.6 million, the club will have all three. If they are 24 or older and above the maximum targeted allocation money amount, the club will have one U22 initiative slot. (sighs) <sighs> okay so simply put if you spend all your money on three old guys you're not going to have the budget the roster room to have three really young talented guys you you only get one that's Got what it. i'm saying you, but you only get limited the, only the third designated player counts so if you have two really old guys and one young designated player yeah, yeah. and you get three slots yeah, it's just encouraging them. It's just encouraging teams to not spend all of their DP slots on old guys. Yeah, cool. Transforming the league. That's that's the simplified version. I really, of I really that hate whole thing. this league. It's really funny. I just hate it. I, I love it, but I hate it. Or this league. It's Especially so when we good. just learned that uh, Sporting Kansas City had discovery rights over Cristiano Ronaldo. I thought that was a nice little thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Speaking of the league and the league that we love, we traded Aaron Herrera, <sighs> uh, future no, Pushkash award-winning Aaron Herrera. We <laughs> traded him to Montreal for like five hundred thousand or something. Wait, what did yeah. we trade him for? Five hundred, yeah. two fifty this year, two fifty next year, I believe it was. Two hundred fifty in Gam and Tam, and we got an international slot for a year, and we got a draft pick, uh, which we then Aaron used, and we'll get there. Um, oh, did we? Is that what we used? Yeah, that was. I our, thought it was a draft pick for next year. Am I no, done? No, we got year. a 2023 draft. Or oh, hold on. I thought it was for this year. I thought so too, but now, now I realize I'm confused. Was that the it's 2022 fine. draft? Because it took place in December. I thought no. that was the 2023. Yeah, draft. no, <laughs> no. 22. I'm a super draft. Honestly, it doesn't no, even but, matter. But yeah, draft here, here's the something thing in the world. I'll read uh, what Matt Doyle said about this uh, about this trade. They traded no, Aaron Herrera. Sorry, it was a 2023 MLS Super Draft. Was the one we just did. Okay, ahead, so then Kyle. it was for this draft. Okay, uh, they traded Aaron Herrera for 500k of Gam and an international roster slot, and I just don't get it. Yes, Herrera is one of the best paid fullbacks in the league, which can make the roster budget dance dicey. But he's one of the best paid fullbacks in the league because he's one of the best fullbacks in the league and has shown the flexibility to also play right or to play wing back and right center back in a back five. Uh, even if RSL felt like they had to trade him and they must have, I can't get over how little they got for him. It feels like they undervalued him and Montreal pounced. Uh, basically my feelings on the matter. Uh, I think it's kind of telling that Aaron Herrera was pretty clearly the only player that had that kind of spoke out. <laughs> against uh some of the things that we all seem to know were wrong in the second half of this season yeah uh he was bad half of the season to be clear yes a very 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 bad half of the season where we 
underperformed week in and out. A lot of those games at home. Um, and Aaron Herrera was pretty pissed off about it. Uh, made that clear in multiple post game interviews and also in the end of season interviews. Uh, he said something. So um, must have been just an untenable situation <laughs> that we just had to get rid of him for. So I have a different solution that we could have tried, but. I, I cleared up my confusion. Does what was your care? confusion? So we acquired the seventh pick uh, in the draft, which is we what we used up. to draft Elijah Paul. Yeah. We acquired that from Atlanta. Yeah. Gave them $175,000. Um, the pick that we got from Montreal was actually the 25th pick in the draft, which is the one we used on, and I might get this name wrong, Amika Anelli. Oh. oh. Was he also a first-round pick? He was. We had three first round picks. Oh man, we had okay. Amika Anelli. That's the one we got from Montreal um, with the twenty fifth. The sixteen was Bert. I'm going to say this French. Bertan Jackson, 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 Bertan Jackson, yeah. Bertan Jackson. Um, <laughs> that's our our French. actual pick that we were actually awarded, and then we got the seventh pick by giving money to Atlanta. Yeah, so those were our uh, three first round draft picks. We drafted two other guys as well, I think, in the second round. Yeah, um, I've got that up if you want it. The I, I don't think it, I think these these two guys in particular, Elijah Paul and Bert Burton Jockison, I think are. I don't know if it's crazy to think that they were are going to be playing significant minutes this year, especially another line item we've got here is that Sergio Cordova has been officially. Uh, announced as by the club as having departed. Uh, he had been posting some things like by USA, see a USA. It's been real F off USA. Just kidding. He didn't say that, but um, <laughs> he's, he's back at, and then yesterday he, we saw that he's back at Augsburg uh, training. And then today RSL announced that he was gone, said, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You were fired. <laughs> he's fired. <laughs> um, and uh yeah so we don't have a strike we that's the second year in a row we've lost our our top goal scorer um we so far have replaced him i mean as a, an actual striker replacement uh elijah paul was our first draft pick uh this year who's um seemingly a really talented player out of washington university and that's always kind of a bit of a dice roll when it comes to these players coming out of college yeah even the very um, best ones right yeah, even the very best ones. I think what we're looking at best case scenario is merit is a Daryl DK situation where Daryl DK came out of college, tore it up for Orlando City, and then got himself a move to Europe um, or the UK, I guess specifically. But uh, you know, I don't know what to expect from Elijah Paul. He was formerly very briefly an RSL Academy kid for like three quarters of a year, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, but he's a striker. Years ago, five years ago, months, um, and uh, I think that it didn't hit twelve because Deloy pulled the trigger on on pulling out of uh, Casa, Casa Grande. Oh, nice. Yeah, because he's okay. he's he's from Arizona. Yeah, that would actually make sense. I was trying to figure out what happened there. Yeah, because um, he then went he, to the Barca Academy. Yeah, got it. Yeah, so. I don't know. I don't think it's crazy to expect some time from him. I don't know if we're going to be signing a striker anytime soon. Uh, and I don't know if what the plan is for Demir Krylock. He might be our striker. So, um. <laughs> Well, we've got... 
so here's the other thing about these, the first two picks that we had, well, the first three picks, all of our picks in the first round were all forwards or listed yeah. as forwards. Burton and uh, Elijah are also generation Adidas players. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're very good, but historically speaking, generation Adidas players are the best players coming out of college. Um, historically speaking, generation Adidas players usually get minutes their first or second year and they usually yeah. contribute. They're not always the Daryl DK type moved to Europe in a few years, but generally speaking, they all contribute yeah. to the team. I, I think we can expect both of them to, to be playing. Uh, yeah. Burton Jockison in particular played with uh, Jasper Loffelson at uh, Pitt. Yep. So for yep. a year. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Pretty interesting. And also Marcelo Silva's back. So yeah. Um, I just want to go over a couple uh, Generation Adidas players. Sure. Really quick. Uh, so in 2021, we did sign Brett Halsey as a Generation Adidas player. Ugh, uh, they okay. do they do necessarily exist on the MLS roster. We can't I put see. them on Real Monarchs and have them not take up a roster spot because they do have an MLS contract. Um, so there was Brett Halsey. That same year, though, uh, we... Not we, uh, FC Cincinnati drafted Calvin Harris uh, from Dumfries, Scotland. Uh, he's a Scottish D- DJ record producer. This might be the wrong Calvin Harris. Stop me if I'm wrong. <laughs> record producer, singer, and songwriter. Uh, so I don't know if they had to put a discovery claim on him as well. But uh, uh, and then recently, uh, if we if we're just to continue on this path really quick, I was looking at the Real Salt Lake front office on their website and uh discovered that uh steve aoki uh is a real salt lake staff member so um the dj sphere is is steve aoki a dj or do they call him djs and that's i thought he was a singer dj is kind of a um it's kind of uh what's the word Oh, he's an EDM artist. Okay. Yeah. DJ okay. implies that they're not creating their own music. Okay. So they don't like to be called DJs, but they are electronic music artists. Okay. So yeah, Steve Aoki, uh, Real Salt Lake. Um, and then of course we we have a uh, DJ, David James. So uh anyway, <laughs> this is the that, type of reporting you can only get from this podcast. I don't think people really understand the type of value that we provide. Yeah, I, I think people fail to understand that if you really look at MLS from a high level, like we're trying to do, everything's interconnected and you can really start to see uh-huh. uh, the conspiracies forming. You're right about that. You're very right about that. Uh, did you know that? Uh, hold on. Let me get another name from there. Another generation Adidas. Player. No, that'd be great. Uh, I'm I I'm not going to say this is actually actually the case, but what if David Blitzer was you know a member of the Skull and Bones or something? <laughs> I'm going to Google that really quick. Actually, is David oh, Blitzer a member of the Skull? Wait, and Bones? speaking of kind of like a weird little thing that happened, uh, is it Bournemouth? Did you guys see when Bournemouth like posted, essentially welcoming Michael B. Jordan as like <laughs> they were they were welcoming him as an as a part owner. But like they didn't indicate anything. They just posted like big welcome Michael B. Jordan like things on their socials with a really dramatic picture of him. Like it, it looks like a player announcement, but it's Michael B. Jordan. And everyone's like, like, what? Like, can he go? Can he go 60? Because we need like a midfielder or whatever. <laughs> Do you think like, Michael B. Jordan ever thinks about going by Michael Jordan the second? 
<laughs> he should. And there's only two of them. He I also like why Bournemouth? Right. Like that's so funny that like Michael B. Jordan's like, yeah, I'm gonna I need a steak and a and then I watched I watched Bournemouth play was it at Liverpool? I don't know. I don't know who they played, but I did watch a game where they were getting beat pretty handily. And it cut to Michael B. Jordan in like the ownership box, just looking kind of bummed. I was like, yeah, well, you bought stock in Bournemouth. So you yeah. got what you asked for a little bit. Um, yeah. Anyway, so shout out to Michael B. Jordan. Those announcements were great. You should go to the Bournemouth Instagram. What if it's not Bournemouth this whole time? It's whatever team Kiefer Moore plays for. Kiefer Moore? Bournemouth? No I'm idea. Not, you're AFC Bournemouth. Oh, thank God. Okay, yeah. I was close. <laughs> you're not it's actually pronounced AFK. 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 Same as AFK. It's the uh, it's the how they say it in Torque, which I have now learned. Torque. He is Welsh. Um, or Torque. Torque England. That's better. Torque. 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 No, it's Torque. You know, key for more six five. Absolute giant. I don't even know who Kiefer Moore is, dude. He's the six-five player for Bournemouth. He's the oh, one that oh, that guy. Okay, dude. When he came in for Wales against the United States, that's when they got good. Is because they were playing with like a a hold-up striker, and it was anyway literal giant. Kiefer Moore is good. I trust you. Uh, I think anyone anyway. above six feet is a literal giant, though. So. Kiefer Moore is also on my fantasy uh, Premier League draft team, and uh, really needs to score more. It's really kind of bumming me out, but it's fine. Um, I lost to Maxi today pretty, pretty handily. Maxi had Harry Kane and it was, it's been a bad week for me. Virgil van Dyke got zero points. It's mm. anyway. Uh, what else? What else is going on? Man. Um, Sorry. Real quick. I'm going through the draft of the last several years. That's it actually. Just to see point. like who, what generation Adidas players are just so I can give you an example of like what to expect from these guys in the next two yeah. or three years. The draft sucks, dude. It's bad. Yeah, it's so bad. Like, there's legitimately. I'm looking at 2018 so many right now. Just pass. <laughs> I'm looking at the 2018 draft first round. Um, I'll name some of the GA players. Joao Moutinho, I think, is still around. Mason Toy was Joao a Moutinho G- plays for Wolves, and he's really. Oh, it's a different one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Chris Mueller was taken in the first round. Uh, Emma Tuomasi, Tuomasi, I think, still plays for FC Dallas. He was GA, but legitimately Alex Roldan Chris Mueller I think are the only two names that are on this list oh Tristan Blackman Thomas Hilliard Arce oh do you know that only uh, players that like still the, one exist. Just, the one you mentioned he uh yeah. plays for Spezia in Italy now he that's true he does he also hmm. went to Akron for a year which is why he's a generation Adidas player he spent a youth career at sporting uh CP in um Portugal so uh, the number the number five pick that year, yeah, was a guy named John Baccaro. He was drafted by uh, Chicago Fire. Guess where he is now? Retired? <laughs> no, he plays for a team called Pontevedra CF. Oh. Um, hold on, what division are they in? Oh crap, I don't know. Dude, this is third division, Spain. Yeah. Third tier of the Spanish football okay. league system. What you're saying is we shouldn't be getting our hopes up. Oh, yo, oh, hey, wait a sec. Uh, Brandon Bay, number eight pick by the Revs that year. He's really good, right? Brandon Bay. Okay, he's uh, great yeah. for the Revs. He's all right. Yeah, he's. I think he's really good. Um, no, just the draft is just like the most hit and miss thing. 
Did you, say, did you already call out Jeff Caldwell, Scott's uh, uncle, weirdly? <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. Not related. Maybe they're related. Should we We should uh, call? Does anybody have Scott Caldwell's number? I do. Oh, guess who else concerned. got drafted that year? Yeah. And pick number 30 from the San Jose Earthquakes, uh, Daniel Musovsky. Oh, hmm. nice. Rails all like legend. <laughs> Wait, did we we lost to the oh we lost to the hailstorm, not the Colorado Springs switchbacks. That's who uh, Jeff Caldwell plays for. Oh, Oh, his name is Jefferson Caldwell. Yeah, he retired. (laughs) That's what it says on transfer market. He went from switchbacks to retired. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Brian Olasky. We should go year by year. year. We we got to go year by Alex Roldani. You already said that one, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh my god. No. So anyway, the MLS Super Draft sucks a lot, but generally the players that are the best are the generation Adidas players and most of them last a couple years. So like maybe, but if this team's plan is to like, we'll just draft our number nine and he'll have an instant impact. Like he will not, yeah. he'll probably play Wait. minutes, but they will not be like, so the impact I, w- I want you to know that I love, uh, Jasper Leffelson. I think he's a great player. I'm glad we have him. I think he's very MLS capable, oh, but I also yes. hate him in equal measure. Because he's given everyone unrealistic expectations of what to expect from a draft player. This is what I'm saying. And I hate him for that. And I think he needs to publicly apologize. That's so funny. (laughs) Like, everybody needs to understand that Jasper Loffelson is like one in literally a million. (laughs) What? How many? Go through the third (laughs) round picks. That's that's all the way back to the beginning of the league and find any that have lasted more than three years. (laughs) Proportionately, I guess it could be one per capita. There's one Jasper Leffelson per capita. Okay, Uh, Andre Shinyashiki was in. If that's how you say his name, anyway. Yeah, he uh, plays for the. He plays for uh, Charlotte now. That's is a real team. Um, I didn't know he was Brazilian. That's like, he's he's also ja- he's Japanese and Italian. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought he was Japanese, and but he's Brazilian. from Brazil, Something which else? is crazy. He's from Sao Paulo. Anyway, I'm just Tejon Buchanan, 2019 yep. draft. We get we let's just let's just tell ourselves. Oh, Dane St. Clair also 2019. Yeah. He was Generation uh, Adidas too, I think. Wait, if are there, if it's green Generation, you're you're dang right. Frankie Maya, Saeed Haji. Griffin Dorsey, Dane St. Clair, Tajan Buchanan, John Nelson. Tajan Buchanan is a. Uh, oh yeah, he is. He was also in the player. MLS best best uh, eleven. So, do you remember when you know, we used our first round draft pick to draft a guy who interned with Real Salt Lake while he was at Harvard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. All right, that was awesome. Any, anybody remember who we drafted in the third round of 2017? Uh, yes. No, but I do. Uh, Daryl DK was in the 2020 draft, which is crazy. And I'm waiting for Matt to get there before I. Oh, I've, I've got it deal. out. I had I had my own article up earlier. Oh, I don't know who is it. Matt, who is it? Is it Andrew Petna? No. Is it? Oh, that's good. 2017. 2017. Is it a guy? Oh, named hold on. Cass? Nope, I lied. We did draft Andrew Putna, and then we had a pick. Like ten later, that was we passed. Yeah, yeah. I think I hate the draft. It's so dumb. Twenty eighteen, we signed Ricky Lopez Espen. Mm-hmm. When was the last time we signed a GA? Oh, I mean, we had Brett Halsey, who was a GA player. 
uh, okay. who now Miles Robinson at MC Cincinnati too. Miles Robinson was in the 2017 draft. Oh, also, that yep. was the we took Reagan Dunk that year. What's he up to? Uh, oh, he's he been out of soccer for a while. He retired at the end of 2017. Jeremy yeah. Abobasi was also 2017. Lala I love the Jackson Yule. reading guys. I love yeah. just reading guys' names. Um, Omar Holness was GA, uh, and he was. Uh, he was he was all right. Um, the Shout out to Omar. seizure on he the just field got his really uh, degree. Hurt. Yeah, got his degree. Um, he last played at Bath City, a non-league side. Nice. I think that's neat. Um, but yeah, most most folks have retired. So, ooh, Abu Dhanladi. He was a yep. He was a pick. Well, hopefully, our scouting department did their uh, did their homework. Car. Jackson, uh, I would not oh, put any money on them doing that. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing would. about uh, Elijah Paul. He actually is. He he's pretty highly scouted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it doesn't and, matter if you scout him, right? Well, yeah. And if other somebody teams is highly that. scouted, I don't mean by us. I mean like there was there was some buzz about about Paul. Yeah. So I I'm hopeful at least with him. I don't know, but then I saw what happened with Danny Musovsky, and by by all accounts, Danny Musovsky has had more, way more MLS success with not RSL than 99% of super draft players have. And he can't get minutes for RSL that mean anything. So uh, my hopes are not high. No, but your kiss might kill me. So won't you kill me? So why that happen? Oh, jeez. I'm going through, sorry, I'm back at the 2017 <laughs> draft. Yeah. 2016. I'm looking through third round picks that are still playing professional soccer, and there is only one that I think is still playing. Yeah, I believe. The moral it. story is is that Elijah Paul, RSL's Golden Boot winner of 2023, he's scoring 12 goals this season. Oh, I was going to say <laughs> seven. I thought, wow, we'll have a Golden Boot at seven. Well, the problem is six are coming in the regular season, and then he scores a five spot against. Uh, some team in the first round of the playoffs in the play-in game. So. Do you think we'll uh, lose 6-5 in that one? We will, sadly. It wasn't well, unfortunate. Score 5 and then get a red card. Bad luck. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. I, now I feel angry about that game again. Yeah. It's good to feel something, though. It is good to feel something, though. Oh, nope. There are... <laughs> Two players that are still playing professional soccer, apparently. <laughs> I like that you're still on this beat, Trevor. One of them was an RSL draft pick. So, like, oh, who, who was, was that? Go team. Amos uh, Amancona. Is he still playing? He is playing. Hold on. Let me pull it up again. I don't think he uh, is. Plays for USL League Two Club South Bend Lions FC. Ooh, I don't know if that's Bend. been updated because it says he signed there in 2021. Oh, good for him. Yeah. So I don't know if he's still on their roster. 2016 was also the year of the very famous Colin Bonner pick. <laughs> is it because of his name? It was because of his Instagram handle. <laughs> but they put that was the year they put all the players like Instagram handle on when they announced him. What was it again? Raging Bonner. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they like put his picture up and underneath it's got his Instagram handle. (laughs) Oh, that's good. It's a classic picture from the draft. Anyway, the draft sucks. Um, If we're building through the draft, that's a bad sign. 
for this coming season. Maybe it means success in the future. But the good news is that the two players are Generation Adidas, so they don't count against the salary cap, which gives uh, the team more room to sign to spend money on other players as well and still stay under budget. So we'll see if that happens. Oh, yeah. I guess we will. Well, uh, preseason starts. Should we start when does pre- when does preseason tomorrow? No, oh, nice. Um, we don't have any detail really on on you know matches and all that. Um, but we've got uh, players report to Harriman tomorrow. The 13th is preseason in California. I don't know what that means, but they'll be in California. Then Sorry, they'll what return. are you looking at? This is the uh, regular season. Well, it's the preseason schedule. In a press release. Oh, sorry. I completely missed that they even sent that out. Start over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening now. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, about time. January 6th, so tomorrow. Uh, and if you're listening to this tomorrow, then today, uh, players report to Harriman. Uh, then the 13th, which is a Friday, uh, preseason in California. Uh, on January 21st, 2023, RSL returns to Utah. Uh, February 6th, they go to Arizona and February 18th, they return to Utah. And, uh, I don't know. I was inspired to read those and with the dates, um, thank I, you. another I podcast that I know Kyle loves. Yes, that's, you're very right. It's like our version of the plugs, but it's just, yeah. RSL preseason. Yeah. Um, and also, do you want me to edit your bye-bye for, to, uh, Include oh, that little vocal effect. That's I would love if you did that. Okay, we'll see if I can figure out where it was. <laughs> okay. Nice. All right. That's well, so preseason's happening. I'm sure we'll record again soon. Yeah. Uh, because the news will start flying. And uh, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> we still don't have a preseason roster. So hopefully we have that tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. Kyle just yeah. saw what I posted in oh, Slack. That's so good. Oh no! Did it... Surely, okay, yeah. All the comments. Okay, I see. <laughs> it looks like he's changed his Instagram handle since, which yeah. is extremely oh. disappointing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, well, uh, any any parting words, gentlemen? No, it was ready nice for, to nice to spend time with you both. I know. Love to see you both. I'm ready yeah. for ready for heartbreak. I'm ready for triumph. I'm ready for snow games. I'm ready to melt in the stadium. Under should we the make blistering sun? Should we do end of season predictions really quick? Just like two minutes where we think we'll end. Like what place in the Western Conference? I'm going to um, go eighth. What's the what's the bottom? The last Se- team to qualify for playoffs is it still seventh? Seventh. Okay, then I'm going to go eighth. I'm going to go seventh. We're going to do. We're gonna do it. We're gonna get tiebreakered. We're gonna get tiebreakered out of the playoffs. That's my prediction. Eighth place. We're gonna miss it by either wins or goals scored. Forever. Our next pod, we should do like uh, we should do superlatives, but like prediction superlatives, like most likely to do this or most like who's the biggest rebel this season? Who gets David Ochoa? Who gets you know dragged through the media for? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be Gasper Luffelson. Oh, can you imagine? Oh man, like who's which player gonna, gets traded and then trashed? Who accidentally says a slur in a post game conference. Like who? 
who kicks a ball into the stands and has to apologize and donate their jersey and like a thousand dollars to primary children's hospital oh pablo like, mascarini that one's easy who uh, yeah who accidentally trips pablo going out to the field and he scuffs his like one of his jackets uh who does that um no no, no. that's what happens and we find out like six weeks later that's why one of our star players hasn't played for six games oh that's gonna be awesome is because yeah. he like who's in the dog house pablo's jackets who's in the dog house and why uh who's gonna be the most gifable who's gonna who's do we have a luke mulholland moment this season oh can um, we just get luke mulholland and take him out of the scouting department and put him into entertainment <laughs> He's just the he's a he's the halftime entertainment. Who's gonna who this year is gonna get completely destroyed by an in, like a new twenty twenty three MLS DP? Because last year we had Justin Glad. Mm. Who's it gonna be this year? Um, oh, dude, we got we could we could do so many predictions. There's so much. There's so many things. I my mind is just cruising. Okay, well, I'll have preseason? I'll have a list ready next time. Right. So preseason good. actually starts tomorrow. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get back into the swing of this. What in the world There's is a this kitty. guy doing? Oh, All right. Well, kitty. everyone, All we right. will see you next time. Bye-bye. Say goodbye, Tosh. <laughs> no? Okay. I was supposed to end it. Goodbye, Tosh. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> goodbye, guys.